You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. The draft lottery's coming. We're just over a week away, eight days to be exact, before we'll find out for sure where the Sacramento Kings will be selecting, or at least what pick they will have in this 2021 NBA draft. But will they make a selection actually in the draft? Will they trade that pick? It's all about using that pick in the best way possible to help this team win right away. I've done a couple of mock drafts on the Locked On NBA Network. The first one taking Corey Kispert at 10. Uh, The second with the Kings also falling to 10 in our draft lottery simulation. I took Moses Moody and I've gotten great feedback from so many of you. Your thoughts, you like the Moody pick a lot better than you like the Corey Kispert pick. And on today's Locked On Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by someone who really dedicates themselves to draft coverage and draft breakdowns every single year. Brendan Nunez of the Kings Pulse podcast. Kings Pulse does a phenomenal job talking about and previewing the draft, not just for the Kings, but for everybody. But of course, they'll spend extra time talking about which pieces in this draft could really help the Kings and which ones they believe the Kings should stay away from. And looking at their resume over the last couple of years, they haven't gotten a lot of things wrong. So Brendan Nunez is going to join me here on the Lockdown Kings podcast. We'll talk general draft conversation for the Sacramento Kings. He'll give his feedback on the first two mock drafts. It's all right here for you on the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven, or it was season number seven for me, covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And I look forward to starting season number eight very shortly here. But I'll be honest with you, as much as I enjoy the NBA draft. I wish we didn't have to care so much about it here in Sacramento, but alas, every single year it seems we pay far too much attention to the draft lottery and the draft itself, although this is a year that could be more intriguing than in the past, not just because there's so much talent theoretically available uh, for the Kings or for any team in this draft, but the fact that the Kings have a clear philosophy of wanting to improve this roster and make the playoffs as early as next year, I think this is a year where the chances of the Kings trading their pick or being actively involved in trades leading up to or on draft night itself, those chances could be higher than ever. And that leads to some fun theoretical possibilities, some great conversation, trying to analyze and read between the lines on anything to see what's available and what's out there for Sacramento, or some would call it boring. The Kings could just, of course, make a selection with their pick wherever it ends up and hope that that rookie works out. The point is there's tons of possibility for the Sacramento Kings around this year's draft. And here to give us a better idea of those possibilities, what the Kings could and should do in different positions, and also give his thoughts on my job drafting for the Sacramento Kings in our first two locked-on NBA mock drafts. I'm going to be joined now by Brendan Nunez 
of the Kings Pulse podcast. So enjoy our conversation. Want to hear your feedback on the prospects that Brendan and I discuss. And if you have an ideal target for the Sacramento Kings, both if they moved up into the top four and if they stayed around that 9-10 range, if you had ideal prospects in both of those windows, send them to me at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorgeatsacklocalmedia.com. Before you make those selections, make sure you listen closely to my conversation here with Brendan Nunez. For my money, there is one podcast that does draft buildup for the Sacramento Kings better than any other. And no, I'm not patting myself on the back here with Locked on Kings. We are not that podcast. I'm fortunate, though, to know the hosts of that podcast, and I'm fortunate to be able to get one of them here on the Locked on Kings podcast today. We are stealing away some of the time of the awesome Brendan Nunez, host of the Kings Pulse podcast, which like I said, for my money, is the best podcast out there for just Sacramento Kings draft buildup, prospect analysis. Uh, you will not get better coverage than what they provide, and they're already very deep in their prospect analysis and, and breakdowns for which pieces would be good for the Kings to target, which wouldn't quite be the best fit. Brendan is nice enough to join me here on the Locked on Kings podcast today. Brendan, I appreciate you taking the time. Welcome back. I appreciate you being part of the uh, uh, Sacramento Kings roundtable that we did a, a couple of weeks ago and it's a pleasure to have you back with me always nice to be on here matt i appreciate the kind words and uh yeah as a as a kings fan i'm sure you're very aware the uh the draft seems to be relevant far more often than it should be so it was fun for me diving into prospects last year and i got brian west my co-host on there who's the the draft guy way longer than I have been. So yeah, I've been, I've enjoyed diving into that a little bit, but thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. We'd, we'd much rather be talking about and worrying about how deep of a playoff run the Sacramento Kings are going to be playing and, and their chances in a seven game series rather than worrying about the draft lottery every single year. But that being said, there's still some excitement, right? To the, the draft lottery being around the corner, the possibilities. And really in recent memory, Sacramento has had a lot of success if you think about the draft lottery moving up to five to get Fox, moving up to two uh, to get Marvin Bagley. Uh, so there is a chance that luck could strike again for the Kings, who have the best odds uh, at the ninth pick. Before we dive into some prospect analysis, and I also want to get your feedback on the first two mock drafts that I have done with the Locked On uh, NBA Network. Do you have a gut feeling going into this draft lottery that is just uh, a few days away? It's coming up really quick. I do, but I think it's because I'm just trying to manifest it because I think a top four pick in this draft would just drastically change the the future um, arc of and the direction that the Kings are going right now, pairing one of these top four guys alongside Fox and Halliburton. I think the Kings would be in just a fantastic position. Um, so I, I think I'm mainly just trying to manifest it more than anything. Bryant keeps saying he has this feeling that they're going to jump to two. Um, it, I, my guess, if, I, if I'm putting money on it, I think they stay at nine. That would be my gut feeling. But doing everything I can to will number two or any of these top four into, into fruition. So is there a like specific player out of the four? Of course, Cade Cunningham, number one overall. Uh, Sacramento would love to land him. Any team would love to land him. But is it one of those situations where the Kings move up, even if it's just to number four? And I say just with air quotes there. It's it's more than enough to celebrate. Absolutely. I, I think Cade is like the gem. And obviously anybody that can get Cade, I, I think it's pretty obvious that he's going to be the one pick. And I would pretty easily go Evan Mobley, the center out of USC after that. I know a lot of people are skeptical of centers, but I, I think that sometimes there's just a different tier of center that you see. And I, I think Mobley fits that, but 
there are four guys, you know, there's a seems to be consensus top five with one of those guys starting to slowly fall out of it. And I might be buying into that too, but the Kings can only move into the top four. And I have four guys in the draft that I absolutely love. I think are going to be superstars in this league. So if they jump to top four, if we don't hear their name called at nine, I'm going to be freaking out, man. All right. So let's, let's play this maybe twisted fantasy a little bit here. Let's say the Kings do move up to two and I mean, they have a chance to kind of correct history with their their last botched second overall pick. And no disrespect to Marvin Bagley, but we know what it is. Uh, and you like the big man, Evan Mobley, out of USC. Is there a just concern in itself? I know you can't make basketball decisions based off this, but poetic justice and all that. Is there concern moving up, getting number two again, and going the big man route again? I mean, I think I get why it would be scary for people, but, you know, Bagley, a lot of it is reliant on athleticism and a lot of his timing and sort of decision-making was going to have to slow down. Mobley, excuse me, Mobley already is a really high IQ player on both ends of the floor. He has great touch. Um, there are some size concerns that I understand, but he moves really well laterally. I think he's going to be an elite rim protector in the league. I think this is a guy that you're talking about as defensive player at the year level potential jumps off the floor at perfect timing. Um, I, I'm very confident that he will end up with that three point shot based on the, some of the stroke that he's shown and, and touch in the mid range. So I feel great about Mobley. I don't think you can correctly break down and, and preview this draft for the Sacramento Kings without really diving into draft philosophy. And of course, we're trying to put ourselves into the head of Monty McNair, who we really don't know too much about still here with this being his second draft. Now, what we do know from the Tyrese Halliburton pick, although some would say hey, it's an obvious pick, Tyrese falling to them at 12, but Monty McNair is all about adding the best talent available and figuring it out later. So he is a best talent available type of guy, or at least that seemed to be, or seems to be his approach uh, to the draft. But to me, the Sacramento Kings have made it very clear that this offseason is about one thing, making the changes necessary for the Kings to make the playoffs next year without a doubt. Both uh, Monty McNair and Luke Walton have set that bar clearly for the Kings going forward. It's draft or it's a, a playoffs or bust for the Sacramento Kings team next year. That being said, I believe it's in the better interest for the Sacramento Kings to potentially package this pick to go out and get a veteran talent or a fringe star talent. Obviously, the higher the pick is, the more value it could have in these potential trades. What is your thought on that? The, I guess, chances of... Uh, the Kings finding a player in this draft that can help them win right away versus using this pick wherever it lands, 9, 4, 2, 10, and going out and trading for a, a, a piece that has a little more NBA experience. Yeah, I think if it's top four, that it, it better be a good player right now or a player that you're really confident is on the edge of being a star. Because like I said, I do think these top four guys, even if Mobley specifically might take a little bit longer or any of these guys take two years, um, I think they're the type of talents that you're willing to ride that out a little bit with, even if playoffs are and should be your goal next season. I think if it stays at nine, to me, it seems like there's going to be a pool of prospects from about eight to maybe even down to 20 that I think are all in a pretty similar tier. So I think that if they do stay at nine, that you totally could see that happen. Um, I, I've been a big advocate for a guy like Miles Turner, and he kind of fits that Mobley idea. If you can't tell, I'm a guy that really values defense, and my thought process is that Fox and Halliburton can carry most of the offensive load, so I'd like to get 
complementary offensive pieces that are more defensive oriented. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think if it stays at nine, I see it pretty likely. It would take a, a lot for me to have to move it if they moved into the top four. So out of the top five prospects, as we've heard, this is such a, a, a top-heavy draft, and really it sounds like the number one pick is is completely solidified in it being Cade Cunningham, but I guess at, at pick number two is where this draft is truly going to start. Looking at these top five prospects, including Cade, Brendan, let me ask you this. Uh, which players do you see as more projects with extremely high upside, and which players fit more into the category of even though they're they're still very young, uh, that they are going to be able to make the immediate impact that the Sacramento Kings are looking for. Maybe a, even like a Tyrese Halliburton level of impact, which is crazy to say uh, about a 12th overall pick, but maybe even better than that right away for the Kings next year. I think Cade obviously is going to have that. Um, I, I think, you know, it's a, a comps are never perfect, but I think of Luca mostly when I watch Cade. Cade said it himself on a podcast he was on recently. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised. He's not somebody that's relying on athleticism a bunch. I think he's very patient and will get to his spots. And there will be some learning curve for all of these guys, obviously. But I think Kate will be very ready. I think Jalen Green um, is going to have his struggles and nights that he doesn't shoot well. But I think that he could come into the league and average 20 points, 18 points pretty quick out the gate. And then I think uh, Jalen Suggs is a little bit of a more rough fit. He's who I like least out of this top four, I think for the Kings. Um, and yeah, but I still think that he is a super high IQ player. The shot would need to take a little bit more time with them. Um, but those three, I feel pretty confident about being impactful and, and leading to more wins in their first season, even though there still will be rough games. And then Evan Mobley, I, I think where the, I, I don't want to say he's a high risk prospect, but when you're looking at centers, you know, there's a fine line between a $15 million center and then it seems to jump straight up to a max level center. And if you're betting on the number two pick over some of these other guys I just mentioned, then you're really betting that Mobley is going to be, like I think, a defensive player of the year candidate with great touch and feel and instincts on the offensive end of the floor as well as the defensive end. Um, but, you know, I think that the downside would be his strength and maybe he can't end up guarding fives. He's a little bit more risky of all of them, I would say. Um, but I, I feel really confident in Mobley. And the biggest just home run swing would be Jonathan Kuminga, who I, I think if you're just talking about their build is one of the better fits among these top five for the Kings. But I think that he is so raw and uh, the decision making is pretty questionable. A lot of I, I think the appeal for him is just great athleticism and size, especially at his super young age. That's more of like a molding block that would scare me more so for Sacramento. Is your company hiring? Maybe you're the hiring expert for your company. What you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed to cut out all the hard work, making your process quick and easy. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. You get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. You only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and you can schedule and complete video 
interviews in your Indeed dashboard. It does it all for you. With tools like Indeed Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately and Indeed skill tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, that's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer is valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Today's Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. What is your favorite Built Bar? If you've tried Built Bar, you have a favorite. Maybe it's one of the nine delicious flavors, or maybe your favorite is one of their occasional limited time flavors that are only around every once in a while and you just are waiting for them to come back. But the nine OG flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, they're all amazing. And you can try them all in a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. I'm telling you, try the mint brownie bar and tell me it's not the best. You can get a box right now and use promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com for a 15% discount on your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So the Locked On NBA Network has put on a, a couple of mock drafts. We're actually currently working on our third right now, and these are a bit different what we are doing is we're simulating the draft lottery wherever wherever our teams end up then the the host of that podcast makes the selection for that team and we've compiled it into a, our uh, our mock draft here and uh, so far the the first two drafts have gone similar in a lot of ways different in a lot of ways as well i wanted to get your opinion and your feedback on the two mock drafts that we have done so far and we'll start uh, with the first one where the Kings landed at number 10. We saw a huge jump to number two for the Indiana Pacers, which would be phenomenal for them. But I know a lot of people would lose their minds off of that going all the way from what the 13 range uh, up to number two. But I ended up selecting and uh, reasoning behind this selection. I ended up picking Corey Kispert, uh, the small forward out of Gonzaga. I picked him because of his experience. I picked him coming from uh, the the winning caliber uh, team and, and the successful program of Gonzaga and the great year that they had. Um, I, I was thinking more of a, a plug-and-play type move here at number 10, wanting to get a player that I don't mind coming off the bench, someone who can space the floor. I'm not looking for him to really replace anybody per se, but someone who can bring a little more experience, be more ready to make an immediate impact. That was my thought behind this pick. It wasn't the most popular amongst a lot of my listeners and Kings fans who weighed in on the pick. I wanted to get your feedback on on that selection. Corey Kispert at 10. Yeah, I get the thought process. I think Kispert's a guy I would personally be disappointed with because he is just one of the much older prospects in this draft. He's 22 years old. Some of the other guys we're talking about are 19. Um, But you know that you can't deny the numbers. I think he's one of the best shooters in college history last year, 52% from the field, 44% from three on six and a half attempts a game, 87% from the line. And one of the most important players on a team that looked like they were going to be one of the best college teams of all time. And then ultimately fell short to Baylor. So I get it. I, I think that, he would be impactful right away, um, but I'm a little bit more intrigued in some of the upside of some of the other guys that could have still potentially been on the table, like a, a Josh Giddy, who I think 
went not too far after that. Um, I, I think that even if we were going between the two, I might prefer Davion Mitchell um, over Kispert, but both of those guys are, are kind of ones that personally I would like the Kings to stay away from. I like Zaire Williams, but I think that I personally um, value upside a little bit more when it comes to the draft rather than these high floor guys. Looking at the rundown of that entire first mock draft, I know you you have it in front of you. Did any of these picks surprise you? Maybe how the the, the board shaped up before uh, I made my selection at number 10. You did mention a couple pieces that were available that I could have potentially taken instead of Corey Kispert there. But anything jump out to you just looking at that? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that um, Jalen Johnson isn't, isn't quite on here yet. Um, Franz Wagner going seven, I, I think is something that would surprise me if it happened on draft night, even though that's about where I have him have, um, have him ranked. And, um, and it definitely stands out that him and Moses Moody, two of my favorite guys went right before the Kings pick. So that would hurt me a little bit. So looking at pick or uh, mock draft number two, then based off that, I, I think you're a little more pleased with this one. Once again, the Kings, uh, fell down one spot to 10. The big jump in this one was the New Orleans Pelicans moving all the way up to number two. Another thing that would cause a significant amount of chaos amongst NBA fans and conspiracy theorists out there. Uh, But I ended up making the selection of Moses Moody at 10, but I'm not going to lie to you. I was, I had my fingers crossed. I thought Scotty Barnes was going to fall to 10 and the magic scooped him up at nine. Uh, I'm aware of the concerns with Scotty Barnes, but I like you recognize the need for defense on this team. I think Scotty would have been a nice immediate defensive impact type player. He seems to check a lot of the boxes of what the Kings really lacked last season, even at such a young age. So I would have made the selection for Scotty Barnes had he been there, but Moses Moody at 10 was not a bad consolation prize in my mind. Yeah, I think that um, it's kind of a toss up between the two. Right now, I would pick Scotty over uh, Moody, but I think I have them both six, seven on my board. So I would be thrilled with either one of those outcomes. And it seems like Scotty Barnes and and uh, Moody are both guys that could be available for the Kings. I think that Moody is much more likely, um, but Barnes feels like the type of guy that could end up falling on draft night because teams look at the fit on their roster and could question it with the offensive concerns that Scotty Barnes has. Um, but yeah, the defensive skills is completely undeniable. One of the only guys, if not the only guy that I feel confident saying there's a chance he guards one to five in the league, which is just ridiculous. And Moody, while he doesn't have ideal size to be a third guard here, he's only 6'6", he does have a really impressive wingspan to him, um, shot the ball very well. And I think that a lot of people and myself, and I know Bryant feels the same way, um, feel like there's a little bit higher ceiling than some people are giving Moody credit for. I almost see like a Chris Middleton type of role with there's some potential in that pull-up shooting while also being a really impactful defender. Um, on the other side of the floor. So I I would be thrilled with the Moody outcome. Let's go a little bit deeper there on Moses Moody and Scotty Barnes from the Sacramento Kings perspective. For both of them, if you could, give me a immediate impact expectation that you would have. And what I mean by that is is both of them come in the door uh, day one of the the Sacramento Kings season, game one. This is the impact that we're expecting to see uh, from both of them in their own way. And then what is the day one question mark or concern? And I more put this on the inability for the Sacramento Kings in the past to develop talent at the rate that maybe they should be developing at for both those guys. Again, what is your uh, day one immediate impact expectation and your immediate concern uh, with those two? Yeah, to start with Moody, I I think that 
you can be confident in Moody being an off-ball um, playmaker on the defensive end of the floor and the offensive end as well. But for defense, I think you saw Halliburton do it pretty quick in his career, um, kind of just understanding rotations. I think he already has a really good feel for that at an NBA level and a great reach and hands to him as well. Um, and then off-ball, I do think Moody's going to be a good shooter throughout his career. He shot 35% from from deep his one year at Arkansas in five attempts. He played alongside um, Scotty Barnes and Cade Cunningham in high school. So I, he's pretty used to functioning off ball. But then I think the concern for Moody would be, okay, you have three guys that may be best, three guards functioning off ball on the defensive end of the floor. Who is going to be the wing and size to guard some of these um, more elite forwards that you're seeing more throughout the West or even the Cade Cunningham's, Luka Doncic's of the world. But I think that that's where the question would be with Moody um, at the from the jump. And then Scotty Barnes, I, I think from the beginning is just going to be the the guy that I'm saying would be missing if Moody was the pick, the, the guy that is the big body that's able to cover those big wings that the Sacramento Kings have not really had. Um, Harrison Barnes has filled that role well, but I think laterally he slowed down a little bit where if you're able to have him um, being Barnes and Harrison Barnes on the floor as well, and say Rashawn Holmes returns, all of a sudden this switching a lot makes a lot more sense. And I think that that system would look a little bit better on the defensive end of the floor, but the question would be all offense with Scotty Barnes, a guy that didn't really shoot the three ball very much, um, I guess showed some playmaking capabilities, but I would like to see him get used as a role man and things like that. But they would have to be creative on the offensive end of the floor with him. Um, and, and hopefully you just feel some of that elite build athleticism on the defensive end from the beginning. If you're liking this breakdown of the NBA draft with myself and Brendan Nunez, you're going to be able to use stuff like this all over the Locked On Podcast Network to help you make money on betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including what's going to go down on draft night itself. But with baseball season in full swing, the NBA playoffs on right now, you can track all the action at BetOnline. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. Before tip-off of the next playoff game, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the greatest sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And like I said, so many shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network are giving you the insight that you need to help make money, including one show that is literally dedicated to help you fill your wallet. I'm talking about Locked on Bets. Check that podcast out, follow their advice, cash in on Bet Online. And when you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Talk to me a little bit about Franz Wagner here. I've seen him high. I've seen him low. I mean, just in these mock drafts, you talked about him going seven to Golden State in mock draft one. Then he goes 14 to Golden State in mock draft number two. What is it that's making this guy high and low on, on so many different boards and his potential fit with the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, I think some people are questioning, you know, there is um, some, I guess, you could want more athleticism from a player, but I, I think that um, there's also some question marks I've seen surrounding his three-point shot. And a lot of what I've seen is people that watched him in the tournament, he struggled a bit there, especially in that final game that Michigan played. I think he airballed a big three down the stretch, um, but he did shoot well throughout his two years. Um, in his most recent season, he shot 34% from deep and 32% throughout his two seasons. Um, at Michigan, he's still one of the younger players in the draft, even though he's a sophomore. 
I am very intrigued by his defensive upside. I think he's a super smart player on both ends of the floor. But if you start with defensively, um, in a way, he reminds me a lot of a 6'9 Tyrese Halliburton with, you know, less offensive shakiness and handle um, to really run things on that end, but more of an upside as a secondary playmaker. Um, And same on the defensive end of the floor. I, I think that he has more ideal size to be functional on ball, but then some great instincts off the ball as well. He averaged 1.3 steals a game this year and a block on top of it. Um, like I mentioned, that great 6'9 size. Um, and then on the offensive end of the floor, I think he just does a little bit of everything. I think he's a smart playmaker. I, I don't think that it's a um, home run swing of upside when you're talking Franz Wagner, but I feel pretty confident that he's could be a, you know, if you're talking ceiling, like third best player on a playoff team. And I, I think that um, I feel pretty confident in his floor at the same time that this is why I really like the fit of him alongside um, Fox and Halliburton. All right, I got two more for you. The first one is kind of fill in this blank for me here. Assuming the Sacramento, or let's just say the Sacramento Kings don't move up at all. They stay at nine or move down to 10, but they do not move up into that top four. The best case scenario for the Kings on draft night is what? I think it's Scotty Barnes. Okay. I think that there's a chance Scotty Barnes falls. And then let's look at the possibility of the Kings packaging this pick or or trading this pick in your mind, if you were an advisor to Monty McNair, uh, how much uh, would you be against or for potentially packaging and trading this pick? Obviously it's impossible to project what kind of value it would have or what the Kings would be able to get in return. But let's just say there's a certain amount of players off your border or this collection of guys has to be off the board taken uh, unavailable for me to green light trading the pick are is there I guess a point of no return for you there no I think that it's going to end up being about seven eight guys before I reach that big tier of about 12 names like I mentioned earlier but that's how I felt last year um, I felt like there were 11 guys before the Kings picked at 12 and then Halliburton fell so that kind of changed it up but I, I think that there's a good chance I'll be real comfortable draft night if they do decide to move on from that pick assuming it's the right player in return obviously Well, we are eight days, I believe, away from the draft lottery, so we'll get a better idea of where the Kings will be selecting. Fingers crossed that the luck is on Sacramento's side, that they cash in on that 20, what is it, 20% or 22% or something like that for them to move into the top four. That would uh, be a breath of fresh air for this fan base, certainly a good thing for Monty McNair in this still uh, relatively new and young regime of the Kings front office. And if they want to make the playoffs, they definitely have to make some moves, whether it's selecting a player in the draft or trading that pick. But for more phenomenal uh, insight and analysis, as we get closer and closer to the draft, you're going to want to listen to the Kings Pulse podcast. They'll do breakdowns in depth for each uh, of these prospects. And they're not going to lie to you. They're not just going to push their favorite and tell you these guys are perfect and everybody else is garbage. They'll look at the pros and cons uh, of each one of them. And then I would love Love to have the opportunity to have uh, Brendan back here on Locked On Kings, hopefully in the near future, maybe just before or even after draft night, uh, to break down what the Sacramento Kings do. But Brendan, you're the man. I appreciate all the work that you do and uh, you taking the time here on Locked On Kings today. Thanks for having me on, Matt, and keep up the good work, man.
After that conversation with Brendan, I'm even more excited for the NBA Draft Lottery coming up here on June 22nd, just eight days away. We'll get an idea of where the Kings fall, and hey, maybe his gut feeling is right. Maybe the Kings will move up into the top four. If they do, we'll certainly have something to celebrate about here on the Locked On Kings podcast. If you enjoyed this draft coverage and this draft focus, and you want more content like this right away, even though we're still over a month away from the actual draft itself, if you want more draft focus and draft coverage, let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. While you're at it, let me know your thoughts on Brendan's breakdown, my comments, my mock drafts to this point. We want to hear your feedback, your insight, your thoughts on what the Kings should do here in this 2021 NBA draft. Trade the pick, draft a player, you make the call. That will do it for today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. I can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.